is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, the people's paradise of Cuba. People are now missing, 100 activists are missing, including a reporter. And these people will be brutalized. They're also saying some of them have already been murdered. Marxism. Black Lives Matter, two of the three founders have come out of the closet and said they're Marxists. Antifa, Marxist anarchists. Bernie Sanders, Marxist. The Squad, a Kabbalah Marxists. And we'll talk more about this in a moment. Joe Biden and his party are doing everything humanly possible to take complete control over the voting system. They don't want red states, blue states, they don't want competition, and yet they craft the narrative that they are standing up against the worst threat against this country since the Civil War. And so I would ask the people at the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost, I would ask the people at MSLSD and the Constipated News Network exactly which provision in any of the Republican-passed laws since the end of the pandemic and the last election, which provision is so severe in repressing the vote, particularly of African-Americans, that it's akin to the Civil War. Which one is it? I'll go a step further. Where are all the individuals prior to the pandemic, when all these laws were changed, mostly by fiat from courts, but in order to make it easier to vote because of the pandemic, never intended to be permanent, where are all the people prior to the pandemic who were denied the right to vote? Who are they? I want names. Where are they? 
Under the Civil Rights Act of 1965, often called the Voting Rights Act of 1965, individuals who've been prevented to vote as a result of their race, their creed, their ethnicity, their ancestry, their sexuality, or what have you, have a federal cause of action which they can bring against the state and the county and the municipality. Where are all these lawsuits? They don't exist. And so we're left with hearing propaganda from demagogues, the worst kind of propaganda from demagogues. Not one time did Joe Biden in his long Castro-like speech explain specifically what it is about these laws that are repressing minorities, preventing them from voting, akin to the Civil War. And what does Biden want to do? How come that's never raised by anybody in the media? The Democrat Party has proposed legislation that will turn the country into one dark blue state, where they will never lose power, because they have so much in common with Marxist regimes and Marxist parties throughout the world. They want to do it with 50-50 in the Senate, with a four-vote surplus in the House. They want to ram it through. And because so far they haven't been able to, which would guarantee them majority status for the rest of the time, they're turning to prosecutors at the Department of Justice, the politicized Department of Justice, to find ways to threaten states, to threaten state representatives and state senators. And they have coordinated this Marxist-like theater where the Democrats and the Texas legislature leave town and go where? To the White House to talk to their great leader, Joe Biden. And then he goes to the Constitution Center in Philadelphia, where he stains the Constitution and our history. It is amazing how they trash the Founding Fathers, how they trash the framers of the Constitution. Then he runs to Philadelphia, waving around figuratively, the Constitution of the United States. These are propagandists. These are liars. And what is it that Biden wants to do? You know. Allow 16 and 17-year-olds to register to vote? And because you can't challenge anybody's vote, an election judge can't, nobody can, how are you going to stop 16 and 17-year-olds from voting? No voter ID? Even though they're starting to back off, they haven't withdrawn the point. No signature comparison? Why not? How is that racist? How is any of this racist? I hope people listening to this show who are non-white, I hope you're listening about how the Democrat Party uses you and abuses you and treats you like you're stupid. People should be able to vote in any precinct in the state. Well, their legislation would do that too. Individuals can register to vote, specifically leaving out the word citizens. Any effort to challenge somebody right there and then who decides to vote and register right on the spot is a potential crime. Then we have the after-voting voting. You've heard about this before. 
where the Democrats want for seven to ten days after voting the ability of their operatives to go into nursing homes, to go into mental institutions, I'm not kidding, to go wherever they can, wherever they want, to collect ballots. Can you imagine that? Political operatives collecting ballots. They call this voter harvesting. And that way they get to see the outcome and then try and change it. That's not about expanding the franchise. These people want to destroy our franchise. They want to vote. They want to destroy our voting system. They want to neutralize your vote. This isn't about black people or minorities. This is about the Democrat Party, power-hungry Democrat Party, which puts the party first and the country last. This is why they want to eliminate the independence of the judiciary, which they're intimidating as I speak, threatening to pack the courts. This is why they want to pack the United States Senate by adding four more Democrat senators, making it virtually impossible for the Republicans ever to be a majority in the Senate. This is why they want to get rid of gerrymandering, not when they control most of the state legislatures, but when the Republicans do, and give it to experts to oversee. Oh, we've seen how that's worked before. And it could go on and on. This is why they want open borders. They want open borders for one reason only. The chaos, the anarchy, the horror that's going on down there. And that reason is, they know that 60 to 65% of the Hispanic vote votes Democrat. And they are hoping that many of the people coming across will eventually get amnesty or have children. And then there'll be chain migration. So they'll flood the system with votes, Democrat votes. Everything they're doing is to attack the the institutions of this society. Like any good Marxist party. That's right, I said it. They don't have to be Marxist in every technical respect. But they're certainly not respectful of our system, separation of powers, the Constitution. Now when we come back, I'm going to play you some of the audio of Joe Biden in Philadelphia today at the Constitution Center. It is going to drive you nuts. But this is what's going on. And I want to thank all of you on the books released today, American Marxism. So many of you going into bookstores or going into the warehouse stores like Costco and others. Walmart. Where there are many, many, many books available to you and they're very well priced. And later in the program, we will begin the process of galvanizing, organizing, and rallying. And we'll do a little piece of this each day, but not all day, every day. But it is very, very important for those of you who really want to get involved that you have a copy of this at hand. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. A lot going on today, a lot to cover, so I hope you'll stick with us for the, for the full program here. And by the way, uh, there's not a lot of ways to get a signed book from me because we're not doing these signed events other than the Reagan Library. And so what I did is I went ahead and I signed a number of what's called book plates that are placed inside the book, knowing that we would be in this situation. And I want to encourage those of you who want a signed copy whether you're going to give it as a gift one day or for yourselves or whatever, comes with a certificate, and it's beautifully boxed from premiercollectibles.com. I've done this before, but I signed more than I typically would, but still, they're limited. This is limited edition. When they're gone, they're gone. Hardcover, first edition, personal autograph with the book plate inside the book and the certificate of authenticity. So you go to premiercollectibles.com slash marxism premiercollectibles.com slash marxism I'm not signing anymore so whatever you want now's the time to jump in premiercollectibles.com slash marxism as you know we've had over a quarter of a million pre-orders but there's a relatively few number of these books that are going to be available so again it's premiercollectibles.com slash marxism Uh, we have it up on our partner site the link as well if you want to jump in If you can't get to the Reagan Library or you're not going to participate in our bookends event on Saturday, this, to my knowledge, is the only other way to get a signed copy. And this is it. PremierCollectibles.com slash Marxism. And, of course, the Reagan Library, they're all sold out except for one thing. If you want to visit, you want to be with fellow patriots, if you'd like to see me and meet me and I, you, uh, and get a signed copy of the book, uh, you can call them, you can contact them now, and, uh, and do exactly that, and they will reserve a position for you for a signed book in person. That's reaganfoundation.org slash Levin, reaganfoundation.org slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, reaganfoundation.org slash Levin. And then finally, I mentioned Bookends. It's a fantastic little independent bookstore. We work with them every two years. Mr. Producer, go ahead and put their uh, link up on Parlor as well. You can Google them over there at uh, Bookends. Google it, and you'll be able to see uh, exactly what the link is. Or, Mr. Producer, if you can remember, you can tell me because I don't have it in front of me. And we'll go check, and I'll give it to you when we come back. All right, let's move on. This war against our electoral system. You know, Joe Biden has always been an SOB. He's always lied about people. He's always lied about himself. He's always plagiarized. He will switch positions on a dime if he thinks it could advantage him. He is a human pandemic. What he's done to this country, what he's done to other countries. His response to Cuba and what's going on there has been outrageous. What's going on in Afghanistan now, and trust me, there's going to be widespread slaughter including people who supported our efforts. Women, you don't hear from the left-wing Democrat women's groups, do you? Uh, 
Uh, women in Afghanistan are going to be going back to the Stone Age, where they're going to have to cover their faces and on and on and on with multiple marriages and, and the rest of it. You look in the Middle East, there's no progress at all in the Middle East. Hamas has been strengthened. The Palestinian terrorists generally have been strengthened. We're going to uh, provide Iran uh, with uh, commerce now and billions and billions of dollars. And then you look in our own country. You look in our own country. Now they want to destroy our electoral system. They don't have the votes to do it, but they insist that they must. And then they, they define those or talk about those who are trying to defend the process as racists. Because that's all they've got. And the funny thing is, that's the party of racism. That's the party of slavery. That's the party of segregation. That's the party of Joe Biden. That's who he is. And has been over the years. Anyway, so I want to take a look at this. As I say, it's going to be uh, somewhat painful. But stick with me, because this is what people are hearing uh, on, the, uh, on the trail as he goes out there and just unleashes such vile lies. Let's start at the Constitution Center in Philadelphia today. Cut five, go. They want voters to dive further and be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them and intimidating them. To wait longer to vote. To drive a hell of a lot long, excuse me, a long way to get to vote. They want to make it so hard and inconvenient that they hope people don't vote at all. That's what this is about. This year alone. What, what does he mean? He's not specific about a damn thing. Not a thing. You know, people who have to drive further to vote tend to be in rural areas and tend to be Republican. People in the cities don't have to drive far to vote. What is he talking about? Go ahead. States have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted 28 new laws to make it harder for Americans to vote. How do they make it harder for Americans to vote? Is it harder for Americans to vote than prior to the pandemic? No. You see, this is why people think this last election is very, very creepy. They're fighting so hard to keep in place the processes they had rather than go back to the pre-virus, pre-pandemic period. Why are they fighting so hard for that? Why are they fighting so hard for that? And by the way, have you noticed the Democrats never talk about election fraud? The media never talk about election fraud. Is there no more election fraud? We've had it throughout our history. Is it all gone all of a sudden? More when I return. Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. All right, let's move on to the next part of this insanity with Joe Biden at the Constitution Center. Cut six, go. The assault on free and fair elections... It's just such a threat, literally. I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. So you're, you're listening to a, an illiterate. He's not a man of words. He's a, word of, a man of mumbles. Since the Civil War, this is a threat. We have the greatest threat today since the American Revolution, the nation's founding. And it's Joe Biden and his party. 
It's the corrupt media. It is the brainwashing colleges and universities. It is critical race theory and the degrowth movement. It is all these spawned movements that Joe Biden is embracing. It's the war on separation of powers. It's the war on the very Constitution where he's standing, the Constitution Center. He's blaspheming it in the entire enterprise. The greatest threat to democracy since the Civil War, ladies and gentlemen? Greater than the Plessy decision? Greater than the Korematsu decision? It's the greatest threat since FDR rounded up Japanese Americans, Americans of Japanese descent. It's the greatest threat since Woodrow Wilson resegregated the United States military and the federal bureaucracy? Seriously? It's the greatest threat since the Democrat Party filibustered the 1964 and 65 Civil Rights Acts? It's the greatest threat since Bernie Sanders has taken over the Democrat Party and is poxing his old Marxism? It's the greatest threat since Chuck Schumer threatened the Supreme Court two years ago? It's the greatest threat since his party has been intimidating the independence of the judiciary? Is trying to pack the Supreme Court, pack the United States Senate? It's the greatest threat since the war on our cops by him and his party? It's the greatest threat since trillions and trillions of dollars in red ink that are going to drown our children and our grandchildren? The fact that Republican legislatures are returning to pre-pandemic election processes and even liberalizing them? More than his own state of Wilmington, and he'll tell you, you know, for the longest time, half my state was a slave state. That's the kind of low IQ moron that we're dealing with. Go ahead. The Go Confederates ahead. back then never breached the Capitol. As insurrectionists did on January the There we 6th. go. Never breached the Capitol since the insurrectionists. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, we have to hand the country over to the Democrat Party. What about the insurrectionists in his party? Black Lives Matter. Violence. Brutality. They flat out claim they want to overthrow the country. What about his party? The insurrection in our colleges and universities. The insurrection in our public school systems. The war against our economic system. The insurrection. This man really has learned a lot from Fidel Castro. And the thugs and the totalitarians all over the, all over the world. He's learned how to lie, how to be a propagandist. He is a class A demagogue. The insurrection on January 6th. What a joke. There was no insurrection on January 6th. Not a single person has been charged with violation, with, with uh, committing insur- an act of insurrection. Not one. But it doesn't matter. The narrative goes on. Throws around Jim Crow. The insurrection. And by the way, you know what else they have coming for us? This was just sent to me. Let me see. My wife found this. She said this is a tweet. From Jack Posbiek. I don't know who he is. 
but he's apparently with Human Events newspaper. The Biden administration is now planning to release a list of conservative social media influencers that were followed by January 6th defendants that questioned the integrity of the 2020 election. This list also includes members of Congress per White House official. So in other words, if you raise questions about the violation of the federal constitution by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court or by rogue executives in Pennsylvania, you raise legitimate constitutional questions that at least two and perhaps three Supreme Court justices wanted to take up. Now they're going to try and link you to the insurrection of January 6th. You know, Biden, you've learned a lot from fascists and Marxists and thugs. You're everything I always said you were over these decades. The way you treated individuals like Clarence Thomas and Robert Bork. The way you treated other men and women of great integrity and morality coming before that damnable Judiciary Committee of yours. And now he treats half the country this way. Make no mistake about it. They want to change the election laws. They want to eliminate red states. They want to prevent obstacles from occurring. And by the way, I discuss all this in American Marxism, if you care. And now, now, anybody on social media who raised questions about Biden's election is going to be smeared as part of the January 6th events, which, of course, was an insurrection. You know, the Washington Post tried this with me, and we sent them a letter, and we warned them. You keep this up, we'll see in court. And not just for defamation, but for tortious interference with my business, because the goal of that kind of smearing and character assassination is to destroy my radio show. Now, what's the goal of this from Biden? The man's going around, talking like a fool, unhinged, his entire party, telling you that if you don't capitulate to what they're trying to do to our election system, you're Jim Crow, you're a racist, you're the greatest threat since the Civil War? Since the Civil War? Let us recall the sanctuary movement, which adopted elements of the Confederacy, nullification of federal law, and the like, It is the Democrats who adopt the language, even some of the policies of the Confederacy. Yes, it's them. They've never liked the Constitution. Ever. Ever. So we'll be on the lookout for this. Anyway, go ahead, Mr. Producer. I'm not saying this to alarm you. I'm saying this... All right, so what he's about to say, he's not saying to alarm you. Just to inform you, you see. Well, what does he say? Go ahead. Alarmed. I'm also saying this. There's good news. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be, for real. We have the means. We just need the will. The will to save and strengthen our democracy. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Mr. Executive Orders? Mr. Fiat, Mr. Unity, what a joke. He wants to save our democracy? It's, inter- it's interesting. The worst, the worst of the worst who run these various countries, these autocracies, 
always talk about doing things in the name of the people, democracy. Tell me, where has Joe Biden done anything that promotes democracy? Anything. What has he done in his entire damnable life? What has he done? Nothing. He hasn't done anything. He's gotten rich. His disgusting son has gotten rich. The family's gotten rich. He's been living off the taxpayer's entire life. Never worked a day in the private sector. He never served in a state legislature. He was never a governor. And he goes on slamming away and slamming away and slamming away. So you see, the Democrat states have great voting systems, ladies and gentlemen, because they win. And it's the Republican states that are the worst states, you know. They're the ones that don't want to let black people vote. Based on what? Based on nothing. Based on nothing. Now here's what they do not understand, Biden and the rest. They've awakened a sleeping giant. People who voted for Biden now know he's out of the closet. They know who he is and what he is. And they don't like it. They know what his party is and what his party's become. And they don't like it. They don't like being called names. Over 60% of the country is white. And trashed and disparaged every damn day. And those who aren't white and don't throw in with the revolution, they're trashed and disparaged every day too. And it is time to push back against this. Strongly. And I want to talk more about that when we come back. I'll be right back. Lovin. book, American Marxism, is seven chapters long. It is, with end notes, uh, where, where are we on this? 309 pages long, but you don't have to sit there and read the end notes. Uh, and it's broken down in a way which can be followed in an intelligent way. Hundreds of thousands of you had copies arrive at your doorstep this morning. Many of you went out today and purchased a copy. Costco has a lot of them, Walmart, so forth and so on, Barnes & Noble. And it is just as a matter of taking your time reading it page for page for page, because things are going to pop out at you. You may use a yellow marker or these little yellow stickums. And, of course, the back chapter, if you rush to the chapter 7, uh, is, uh, is a plan of action. Now, there can be many plans of action, but this is a plan of action I've set forth. I've provided link information, the names of organizations, information that you can track. One of the most important things that I propose in this book, where I say we choose liberty in the final chapter, is that we create, that you create, somebody in your community create, what I call community committees. Community committees, where you meet every week or every two weeks, doesn't have to be a Republican committee, Democrat, no, a community committee with patriots, like-minded. You don't have to agree on everything, but you agree that you love the country. You have to agree on the threats that face the country. And this can be done with a relatively 
small number of people, dozens of people at first, but have the ability to reach hundreds and even thousands of people in your own community. And then these community committees can network with other community committees in counties throughout your state and state to state. It needs to be spontaneous, but it needs to be done. And there can be a number of agendas. There needs to be, in some cases, coordination. This is what the communists do. This is what the left does. This is what Black Lives Matter does. This is what all of our opponents do. And it's time we steal some pages out of their playbook. We steal some pages out of their playbook, in addition to these community committees. And many of you are leaders. Maybe you don't know it yet, but you are. When you talk to a neighbor, when you go to a school board meeting, and it becomes invigorating, it becomes energizing and motivating. Many of you are leaders. You may not fit into the party construct. You may not fit into some organization. And what I'm saying is create your own community committee. Now, what should these groups do? I have a number of ideas. And I'll discuss some of them now, even though we're short on time here. The BDS movement. The BDS movement is an anti-Semitic movement intended to starve Israel economically and destroy it. And I've said before that we should take this BDS movement, take it out of the hands of the thugs and the anti-Semites, and use boycotts, divestment, and sanctions. Not against Jews, not against blacks, not against any race or religion. Use it against those who seek to destroy our country. By boycotts, I mean involve. They involve withdrawing support for corporate media. This is a general overview. I get the specifics later. Big tech, other corporations, Hollywood, sporting, cultural, and academic institutions engaged in promoting American Marxism and its various movements. Divestment campaigns, pressure banks, corporations, local and state governments, religious institutions, pension funds, etc., to withdraw investments in and support for the various Marxist movements. Sanctions campaigns, pressure local and state governments to end taxpayer subsidies and other forms of support for institutions with ties to various Marxist movements and policies and ban the teaching and indoctrination of critical race theory, critical gender theory, etc. from taxpayer financed public schools. Again, this is an overarching point. There are specifics that I want to get to tonight. The American Marxists are litigious, relentlessly filing barrages of lawsuits in form shop jurisdictions and courtrooms, as well as filing administrative action after administrative action in federal and state bureaucracies to gather information about government actions and political opponents, as well as bog down bureaucrats with search requests. American patriots should do the same. Information on how to file Freedom of Information Act requests with the federal government can be found at, and I provide the link, every state has Freedom of Information rules, which you can easily find on the Internet. In addition, a partial list of conservative and libertarian legal groups can be found, and I provide the link, and procedures for making claims against the federal and state governments can be found at, again, the complaint process is provided in a link. In addition, if you gather information on the partisan political nature of particular Marxist-based organizations, you can also challenge the favorable tax status conferred on them by filing complaints with the Internal Revenue Service. I provide another link. 
Now, I'm giving you general points here. You're saying, well, how do we do this? I'm going to get into the specifics. But I want to finish with the overarching points when we return next hour. This is in the last chapter of American Marxism. The first six chapters are crucial. But I'm touching on the seventh, the last chapter, because I haven't been able to for three months. I'll be right. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I think I went too fast before the top of the hour, so I'm going to slow down a little bit. There's no re- reason to race through this. I talked about a BDS movement that we need to have, and I believe that strongly. I talked about the need to be litigious, things that conservatives don't like to be and patriots don't like to be, to use the administrative state's powers against the administrative state, FOIA and so forth, internal revenue complaints against certain entities, So I'm talking on an overlay right now. And I point out in American Marxism that, as a general matter, we're feasible. We must institute our BDS movement against the influences of American Marxism. Adopt the Cloward and Piven type approach of overwhelming their system, crashing their system, then blaming the system, and taking control of that system, but in this case, the system being that which has been created and instituted by these Marxist-based movements. Now, you hear me saying these phrase, Marxist, Marxist-based movements, and so forth and so on. Uh, you will uh, get an opportunity to learn all about them when you read the re- earlier part of the book. Moreover, well, Saul Linsky's rules for radicals, number 13, should be used where appropriate as well. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Linsky wrote in part, obviously there's no point to tactics unless one is a target upon which to center the attacks. Barack Obama learned at the knee of Alinsky, as did Hillary Rotten Clinton. Also remember, there's, there's power in numbers. The Teachers Union, Antifa, BLM, the others understand this, so, mu- so must we. Now here are a few specific tactics for action which should not be viewed as a comprehensive list but I think are important. Education. In every school district in America, local committees of patriotic community activists must organize, as some are already doing. Among other things, they should get involved in virtually every aspect of local public education. And I don't limit this to parents. We can no longer leave the education of our children and the well-being of our community to the so-called professionals. And we have learned, especially since the pandemic, The educational bureaucracy does not have the best interests of our children as their top priority. And consequences for such an attention are disastrous. So what shall be done? Number one, the community committees of which I speak should ensure that members attend every school board meeting to make certain that the public's interest and that of the students are being served, not the monopoly interest of the teachers' unions, Marxist activists, and the other special interests, feeding off the public treasury. 
By this, I mean hundreds of patriot activists showing up and being heard at every school board meeting throughout the year. The classrooms and schools must be taken back by the community. And one of the things I'll add here, which we discussed about six weeks ago, are cameras in the classroom. This needs to be one of our top priorities. More in that moment. The furtive nature and practices of local school systems must come to the end. In other words, the, the lack of transparency. Community committees should examine classroom curriculum, textbooks, teacher training, and seminar materials. The teacher's contract with the school district and school budgets. Where there is resistance by the school boards or school administrations to providing transparency, which is likely. Activists should use local and state freedom of information procedures and other legal tools to gain the information. Persistence is key. If necessary, seek the services of a local lawyer in the community who is willing to voluntarily assist in accessing the information. Or one of a number of groups, again, that I provide you with a link to in the book. While it may be necessary to approach national legal groups for help, the goal here is to create permanent local presence and voice of community committees in your school system to counter and monitor the school boards, the educational bureaucrats and unions that have had free run and total control of our educational system and the education of your children up to this point. Three, community committees should insist that contracts with the teachers' unions prevent teachers from using classrooms and abusing academic freedom to proselytize or indoctrinate students about critical race theory, critical gender theory, or other movements within the Marxist orbit that have suddenly been imposed upon our children. No more brainwashing of your children with racist hate and contempt for their country. Teachers are paid to teach. And by teach, we mean objective, factual, scientific, mathematical learning. Moreover, school administrators should be on notice that you expect them to ensure that the teachers they oversee and content of course curriculum are appropriate. For example, students should be taught history as written by real historians, not the wildly condemned 1619 project, which is CRT Pablum. If they are incapable or unwilling to run a tight ship in this regard, pressure should be placed on the system to fire them. Private attorneys and legal groups are joining together in lawsuits against CRT training and teaching in public schools arguing discrimination on the basis of race and color, in addition to sex, gender, and religion, in violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and Title VI and Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, and the creation of a hostile educational environment based on compelled discriminatory speech and the perpetuation of racial, st- of racial stereotypes. So community committees and parents groups and other patriot activists should file their own lawsuits against as many school systems as possible that practice and impose CRT racism and other Marxist-related ideologies. The Legal Insurrection website, founded and operated by a friend of mine, Professor William Jacobson, provides some helpful resources concerning CRT in K-12 schools here. I provide the link. Parents Defending Education is one of the several grassroots organizations that also can provide assistance. And they can be found here. I provide the link. And remember earlier in the chapter, I provide a link to, a, to scores of nonprofit patriotic legal groups 
would be willing to, willing to assist. But the goal here is to make these local community committees as self-sufficient as possible, as big and as strong as possible, in one town or community after another. Number five, in states where there are friendly legislatures and governors, community committees should urge them to pass laws preventing the indoctrination of students and training of teachers and the ideologies of the various Marxist-related groups, including CRT. Remember, I finished this book three months ago. That's why I said I wish it had come out earlier. But nonetheless, some states, but not nearly enough, have already passed such laws. Friendly state attorneys general should be urged to use federal and state constitutional and civil rights protections against school districts and teachers' unions that impose racist indoctrination on teachers and students. Moreover, American patriots should demand that state law requires schools to teach students civics, the foundational principles in the Declaration of Independence and Constitution and so forth. School systems receive significant state funds, and this is another way to hold them to account. Number six. In most communities, a majority of property taxes go toward funding the local school system, and the majority of those funds are used to compensate teachers. If school systems refuse to be responsive to the community committees and the public, and if teachers' unions continue to promote their own political and ideological agendas, the community committees of which I speak should organize taxpayer revolts. The experience of the Tea Party movement will provide excellent guidance. Although teachers' unions in certain states have the power to strike, the power of the purse is an important and underutilized tool in the struggle for control over our public schools. Number seven, community committees should demand competition in education. The issue is what is in the best interest of individual students and the public, not entrenched school board members, teachers' unions, and the educational bureaucracy. This triumvirate always opposed school choice, including charter schools, vouchers for private and parochial schools, etc., because they oppose competition. Parents and other taxpayers should insist that tax dollars follow the student, especially now given the radicalization and politicization of our public school systems and the abuse of power demonstrated by many teachers' unions during the coronavirus pandemic. Number eight, community committees should develop and train potential candidates to run for local school boards or endorse those who share their commitment to true education reform. That has begun in a few communities. It should be done in every community. Number nine, hopefully community committees will be established and flourish throughout the country, making possible the sharing of information and tactics among them. Number ten, there are also steps you can take in conjunction with other groups or nonprofit legal foundations, respecting the political and other activities of the National Education Association or the American Federation of Teachers and their state and local affiliates, which are public sector unions receiving special tax and other governmental benefits. These include filing a request with the Internal Revenue Service for their tax returns. Moreover, sometimes these unions and other related groups set up tax-exempt organizations. Their federal returns of tax-exempt organizations, they're called Form 990s, are publicly available on their websites, and they're required to be. The IRS also accepts complaints filed against tax-exempt groups by individuals for alleged non-compliance with their federal tax status including many cases involving teachers' unions. How do we do this? Information can be found here, and I provide the link. 
This is something Landmark Legal Foundation did for many, many years. So Mr. Producer, Mr. Colster, and you get a sense of what this chapter is all about? It's heavy-hitting stuff. It has very specific uh, options. It has links. It has organizations' names. It also has uh, suggestions on how you organize. These community committees are very, very important. You can do it outside the political parties. Don't worry about them. I discuss more about higher education. What can we do about corporations? What can we do about corporations? I discuss, I'm turning here, climate, the degrowth movement. What can we do? What can we do about Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the rioters? There are things we can do. What can we do to help law enforcement and strengthen it? And individual cops are under the attack. There are things we can do. But it's unnecessary for me to discuss them all in one program. We need to take our time and go through them. As we will take our time and go through other aspects of the book. I really think you're going to appreciate the substance of this book once you get your hands on it. Take your time. It will not overwhelm you if you take your time. Go page by page. You can highlight a page. You can mark a page. Or you can just read it. And it's available today. It's actually finally released today. Every bookstore, whether it's a book chain or an independent bookstore, every warehouse store, whether it's Costco or another, Walmart, all the other big retailers, uh, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, so forth and so on. Of course, Amazon.com. This book is everywhere. It's just waiting for you. It's waiting for you. I'll be right back. We've already shaken up the book industry. I want to show you how. If you go to Amazon.com, you look at the top six books. The number one book is American Marxism. It's been there since this weekend. The number two book is our pal Jesse Waters' book, How I Saved the World. The next three out of four books are Trump trashing books. This fool, Michael Wolff, book called Landslide is number three. Frankly, we did win this election. The inside story of how, now, how Trump lost by Michael Bender. And then uh, the number six is I Alone Can Fix It. Now, two out of three of these hate Trump, trash Trump, trash Trump supporter books are written by reporters. They're written by reporters. One for the Wall Street Journal, and then two at the Washington Post. And Michael Wolff is the reprobate we all know him to be. But American Marxism has blocked them from going to the top of the list. That's because of you. And these are the kinds of books that publishers have made a fortune off of over the years since the announcement of Donald Trump running for office. Now it's our turn, folks. It's pushback time. And American Marxism is number one on Amazon. It's number one on Barnes & Noble. It's number one on every single book site. Mostly due to pre-orders. Now, it's out today. If you're going shopping at Costco or one of these other places, they have the price slashed. They always do that. It's under $17 a book. If you're of the mind to get more than one, they hand them out to create these community committees. At the beginning of the process, that's the time to do it. That's when they slash the price. Why? I don't know. I don't pretend to understand this. But it doesn't matter. 
I just started reading to you the last chapter. Tomorrow we'll get into what do we do with these colleges and universities. And once we get through this, and once we talk through uh, some of the substance of the book, I want to open the airwaves to many of you for your ideas and your thoughts. We do that anyway, but I'm, I'm particularly anxious to get to that point. In short order, we'll get there. We have to do this step by step. And I think we will. We don't have a national movement right now. We have disparate movements here and there. We don't have a Tea Party movement, a Reagan revolution, a Trump revolution right now. So we need to galvanize. And I think we will, and I think we are. The more Joe Biden speaks or mumbles, trashing our country, trying to take over our electoral system, attacking separation of powers in our Constitution, the more the media promotes these radical professors, these Democrat hosts and phony journalists, and the most obnoxious and grotesque of the Democrat Party, the more you are repulsed. Joe Biden got away the first time, and I don't think he really got away with it, but we'll play along. Joe Biden got away the first time We're playing moderate, nice senior citizen. It's time to get back to normalcy and so forth. But you see what he is, and you see what he's done. He's trashed everything in our country. He and his party. I think even some of the some of the people in the suburbs have finally figured this out. A little late, but hopefully they have figured it out. Because now they're being targeted too. Not just the inner cities. And so we'll go through. This is the great thing about radio and writing books. Don't get me wrong. I like TV very much. And I've tried to use my show as a long-form interview format where we can have a discussion and go over things and so forth. There's nothing like a three-hour radio show. And there's nothing like a book that can lay things out. And I think that's the importance of what we're doing here. Now, I am hopeful that you as an audience will stick with this. Because this isn't about me. This is about the country. This is about your kids and your grandkids and generations yet born. This is about what we want this country to look like. We are so blessed to still have enough freedom and enough freedom of speech where I can get behind this microphone and do what I do. I just fear that that day, who knows, the window seems to be closing, doesn't it? With all these these centralized police state tactics with texts and knocking on doors and, and trying to take guns away and everything. We've never seen anything like this before. But as long as I can do this, I will do it. We'll be right back. An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. Senator Marco Rubio will be here, I believe it's at 820 Eastern Time in the third hour, to discuss what's going on in Cuba. The Iron Curtain seems to have gone down. The internet was shut off thanks to the technology of the communist Chinese who gave the technology to the communist Cubans. And uh, there's some thought that the communist Chinese are actually operating the technology 
to make it impossible for the people of Cuba to communicate with each other to the outside world. So you're not hearing or seeing anything tonight, and that's frightening as hell. That's frightening as hell, and I want you to think about those people, those Cubans who rose up, many of them showing their their faces, knowing damn well how they're going to be treated afterwards. And how all we're suggesting here is that we use our freedom here to retain our freedom before it's too late. From the gun grabbers, the speech grabbers, the voting grabbers, look at what they're attacking. Look at what they're attacking. You know, it's amazing. Biden goes out there in the Democrat Party in the media and they say, look at all the incitement going on. Look at all the incitement going on. And then out of the other side of his mouth he says, the Republicans don't want black people to vote. The Republicans are Jim Crow. The Republicans are racist. Who's inciting what around here, ladies and gentlemen? So, ladies and gentlemen, let me just uh, tell you this. We have, uh, I bought a laptop over the weekend. I got rid of the PC. I said, enough of the big PCs. I don't want to get into the Microsoft versus Apple and Mac. I'm not into that. When it comes to this stuff, believe me. I have the least knowledge of anybody else. And so a good friend of mine who's uh, tech savvy, I'm going to transfer the data to the laptop. It's a Dell. not promoting them. I don't know anything about them except that the, in, the, uh, in the past they've been pretty reliable. And I need simple, 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 simple. So um, hopefully by Friday uh, I will be back to... Um, the technology I need to do the basics around here. So you'll see little delays and so forth because I'm hopping around on my laptop, my printer doesn't work, and so aren't you sick of hearing this, Mr. Medina? I know you're sick of hearing this. But that's what we're doing, just so you know. All right, so let's see if we have a few... Oh, the board is loaded. Let's go to Robert, Healdsburg, California, the great KSFO. Robert, how are you, sir? I'm tremendous, Mark. I want to thank you for this book. Thank you. Uh, I have to tell you two quick stories. One, uh, when I was in Barnes & Noble this morning, and I went down to get it, to, to, that was my mission, and I asked the guy behind the counter uh, where it was, and he begrudgingly pointed across the room, oh, it's right there, not really giving me much, uh, much service. And as I walked over, this was the best part, the guy, had, another worker at Barnes & Noble had a stack of them, and he had to be he was putting them on the shelf as the line I waited on in four or five people pulled them off the shelf. The book I have in front of me was not on the shelf 30 seconds. And just, I think it drives them crazy at Barnes and Noble. I'm, I'm in the belly of the beast. You know where I am, Santa Rosa, Cal or Healdsburg, North San Francisco. Um, and it was literally, literally flying off the shelf. I mean, people were there to buy that book. So, uh, I was only up to about page 166 where you talk about Thomas Sowell and the quest for cosmic justice, and I had to jump ahead when we when you talked about Chapter 7. I read a lot of political science books. It's what my education is in, uh, particularly interested in progressivism and the destructive nature it has toward our founding principles. And I, I, I can't recommend this enough for people that um, are interested in this thing, interested in saving our country, because I have never, ever read a book uh, a chapter like we just went over, you just went over, and and the way you lay the groundwork for the war we're in, and and I'm I had never thought of these things that you mentioned in the back of this book or the, the chapter seven, the one we you just went over and I read with you as you as you read it on the air, um, brilliant, 
uh, things wow. that the things that I have never seen, and I've read thousands of political science books. Well, maybe not hundreds. Uh, every Thomas Sowell, Shelby, you, and I got to tell you, uh, one of the books that I read of yours prior to this, uh, Ameritopia, was great. Men in Black was disturbing because I didn't realize how bad our justice, our judicial system is a mess. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, I, I know you got a lot of callers, but you, you don't. Um, You're very kind. You're very, very kind. And it's good to hear this because it's one thing to have all these pre-orders, but you start to wonder, are people going to go back into these retail stores? If they go back into the retail stores, are they in the mood to purchase a book or something like that? I, I pray to the good Lord. If it's not this book, it's something else. We have got to rally. We've got to galvanize. We've got to claw our way back. I've done the very best I can in writing this book. I don't know how better to do it. Um, and I, I hope it has an impact. Uh, I got to believe it will. But if it doesn't, I hope something does. And Robert, I really want to thank you. Don't hang up. I'm going to send you a signed copy of uh, American Marxism. And very, very kind of you. And I'm not asking people to call about the book just so you know. I'm not. I'm just taking the calls in order. Hillary, Salem, Oregon, the great KSLM. Hillary in Oregon, how are you, Hillary? I'm great. Thanks so much for taking my call. It's a real honor. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to let you know that I did pre-order two copies of your hardback book, American Marxism. I ordered it back in May, one for myself, one for my father. Um, Amazon has shipped my father's book, but not mine yet for some reason, but I'm looking forward to getting it. They may be a little overwhelmed. Apparently, there's been a lot of pre-ordered books. That's my guess. I don't know. Right. Uh, I also wanted as many people as possible to read it, so I contacted my local library, and because of that, they are going to order it. Well, that's nice. So a lot of people can read it, and they won't have to acquire it that way. Well, thank you, Hillary. I appreciate it. I want to tell you truckers or other drivers out there, there's an audio just for you or or other people. Maybe you're vision impaired and so forth. So there is an audio uh, version that's available, too. Uh, And also with the audio, you can slow it down. You can back it up and say, wait a minute, what what was that all about? And again, the way I wrote this book is I, I quote the original source so people know. I'm not making this stuff up. And then some of it can be a little bit complicated because they make it verbose and pedantic. And so the next paragraph, I'll explain what's being said. And so um, I've tried to make it as readable or listenable as possible. Uh, Some of this can be heavy stuff, so I have to unravel it. That's exactly what I do. And you're going to know more than any single person on television any single person on radio, any phony professor or expert they bring on, you're going to be the expert. You're going to be the expert. And you're going to run circles around anybody who challenges you. And then once you're convinced of that, then we move into the next, the next mode. What are we going to do about this? And I want to thank you in this audience. Every one of these books I write at the end, I say, here's what I think we can and should do. That's because of you. That's because of the callers who call here and say, well, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? It's a perfectly legitimate question. And sometimes I have a good answer and sometimes I don't. But I spent a lot of time thinking about what are we going to do about this? 
And at least I think I've provided some foundational ideas or some core ideas. And some of you are a lot smarter than I am. And some of you are in different uh, communities and have different ways of approaching things. Great. Wonderful. I'm all for it. Mark, Stafford, Virginia, on the great WMAL. Mark in Stafford, Virginia, go right ahead, please. Uh, Mr. Levin, it's an honor to be able to speak to you. I've listened to you for years. Um, I went out to buy your book this morning, and uh, I knew my local store had it. I went in and looked at the new releases. I didn't see it. I looked at the very bottom. There were a bunch of books with not the, the binding out where you could read it. It was the other way around, and sure enough, it was your book. I turned them all around. I purchased my copy. I'm reading it now. I'm amazed and shocked and really appreciate. And um, my concern was that people were trying to stop, in my point of view, uh, the free expression of ideas, which I know you never do. You want people to discuss and debate, and I think that's kind of the point of the conservative movement. And uh, I'm just excited to read it, and when I look at a book with 30 pages of uh, source notes, I, I know that you're, you have the information behind, the facts behind it. You're not pounding the table, you're pounding the facts, and thank you so much for writing this book, and well, thank look you. forward to getting through the whole thing. Thank you, and I appreciate it. Just take your time with it, and uh, that's the great thing about having a book is you can always go back and look something up, or even the audio, you can go back and listen to it again. Thank you, Mark, and God bless you, my friend. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. terrible. Mark from Stafford, Virginia. If you're still out there, call back. If you can't get through today, try early tomorrow. Um, I should have uh, uh, sent you a signed copy of the book, but um, I overlooked it. Nothing intentional, of course. So just, just try and get back through either today or tomorrow or whenever. I don't have enough books to give to everybody. So I'm just trying uh, early on here to let us see. Let us go to Chris, Omaha, Nebraska, on the Mark Levin app. Chris, how are you tonight, sir? Mark, I'm fantastic. Uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Thank you. I have, I have a great idea. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of your listeners out there would like to, that maybe can't afford one of these copies of your book, mm-hmm. or maybe they can afford one copy, and then maybe they don't want to give, give that one away, so they, but they really can't afford a second copy. Um, I would like to pledge to donate uh, uh, ten books to to anybody who would like to get a copy. Uh, I know I'm buying a bunch myself and handing out to the people I know in my community, but I'd like to see this happen, in, um, especially in, the, in some of these blue states. Uh, get your book out there um, for for people. Well, to first read. of all, you're very generous, and uh, and uh, I want to thank you very very much. I don't have any way of facilitating this. Let me suggest that you go on social media and somehow figure out how serious people, you know, not leftists who are trying to steal your books, uh, might, might uh, want to uh, tap into your very, very generous offer. Uh, I suppose that's one possibility, or maybe give it to some libraries uh, so it's available for other people, that sort of thing. Or maybe just hand them out to people in your own 
circle who you think can use it, who can use it to help uh, advance the cause, or people who are on the fence. We all know people like that. That would be a good use of the book, too. And I should tell you, and it's a good opportunity, Chris, that you raise this. The publisher priced the book retail at $28. They wanted to price it higher. I said no. And the reason is, when a book first comes out, it typically gets about a 40% discount on Amazon. Costco, sometimes it's even more. Same with Barnes & Noble and the other places. So I was figuring, if we're starting at a base of 28 bucks, this book could actually be $16 and change, maybe $17 in certain outlets. And so I just want everybody to know, I gave this a lot of thought and tried to keep the price down. Because for me, this is about the mission. The amount of time that goes into writing something like this is really incredible. This, to me, is about the mission. I'm always about the mission. So those are a couple ideas, Chris. Unfortunately, I have no way of actually doing this. And I suspect there's a lot of generous people like you that want to make it available. And so uh, I, I want to thank you very, very much. And God bless. Wait a minute. Is he still there? I'm going to send you. Okay, I didn't forget. We're going to send you a signed copy, sir, of American Marxism. So don't hang up. Today, that is what we will do with each caller. That's what we'll do with each caller. I can't do it every day for each caller uh, because even I can't afford that. Plus, the publisher won't let me do it. What would you say, one minute, Rich? We will do it. Okay, let us go to Kathleen Westchester, New York, the great WABC. Kathleen, how are you? Hey, Mark. Thanks so much. Today's my birthday, so you made my day. Happy birthday. I wanted to tell you, I, well, thank you. I had two ideas. One that I think the voter ID fraud uh, thing, rather, get vaccinated, get ID. Everybody wants to get vaccinated, get them their IDs, and then there's no excuse. And also, um, with regard to the school thing and uh, the education, my father was involved with real estate and actually was uh, uh, the president of the Yonkers Board of Education after all that big debacle, right after it. So it was kind of hit home. And what I could tell you my experience was, was that I remember thinking back then that they should educate the parents in the community because the parents didn't I don't have think that's job. the problem right now. I think it's the indoctrination in our classrooms right now. Parents are rising up. Don't hang up. We want to give you a signed copy also of American Marxism. We've got a lot more to cover in this hour. We have Senator Rubio as well to talk about what's going on in Cuba. We'll be right back. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Senator Rubio will be here in 20 minutes or so to discuss what's been going on in Cuba. Uh, we did get the information. The first event and one of the very few events I'm doing is with bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Anybody anywhere in the entire country, the entire world can participate. And I hope many, many hundreds, if not thousands, of you join us. It'll be a, a wonderful time, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, this Sunday. 
And uh, you can sign up for this exclusive virtual discussion, question and answer. Each ticket will include one signed book plate copy of American Marxism, first edition, and an entrance to the Zoom event. So I'm very hopeful that so many of you will participate as possible. And you can go to, it's a little complicated, so let me spell it out. First, the word is bookends, one word, dash, straight dash, online. Is that right, Mr. Producer, without giving the whole thing out? It goes on and on and on. Or you can go to marklevinshow.com and find it. That works even better, marklevinshow.com. I hope you'll join us for this. It's, very, it's exclusive. It's one hour. Uh, you'll get the book. You'll get it signed, and we'll have a wonderful time this Saturday, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm really hoping many of you can participate in this. It's a way to get a signed book. It's really only one of one, two, three ways I can think of to get a signed book now. And Bookends is an independent bookstore. It's a wonderful little store in New Jersey, which is why I picked it out. So go to marklevinshow.com, marklevinshow.com, and you will see the link to Bookends. Jump in there, and we'd love to have as many of you as possible. Let's see here. I wanted to get to a couple things uh, before we have Senator Rubio on the program, and I'm doing it now. Here we go. There was a report prepared uh, at the request of Senator um, Cotton, among others. And it's really quite shocking, uh, this report. This report that was prepared um, says the United States Navy is not prepared for war. But it has done a hell of a good job on diversity training. So... It was requested by Tom Cotton, Jim Banks, Dan Crenshaw, and Mike Gallagher. It was prepared by Lieutenant General Robert E. Schmidl, United States Marine Corps retired. Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery, United States Marine Corps retired. It's quite an extensive report. And among other things, their findings, insufficient focus on war fighting, a dominant and paralyzing zero defect mentality, corrosive over-responsiveness to media culture, Underinvestment in service wa- uh, surface warfare officer training, poorly resourced and executed surface ship maintenance program, and a culture of micromanagement. Now, this is what's happening to the United States Navy. And let me tell you something. In the South China Sea, the Communist Chinese are building a fleet second to none. Second to none. And they don't give a damn about diversity training. They don't even believe in diversity. And so this has received almost no attention in the media today. Almost no attention. Because you know, a handful of Republicans request, yeah, vets, men who have served in the military. There are warning signs everywhere. Warning signs everywhere about what's happening. Look at Afghanistan. Ladies and gentlemen, we're pretty much on the evening before, not the exact evening, but you get the point, a massive slaughter that's going to occur in Afghanistan of people who have helped us, who should have been removed from that country. Women are going to come under the most awful treatment again. They're treated like dogs. They have to cover their bodies. And women in Afghanistan, at least the freest part of Afghanistan, have gotten used to Western culture. 
into being real human beings. That's going to change. And it's interesting we don't hear a word from the women's groups in this country. Nothing. What about the birthing person, vice president of the United States? Does she speak up for the women in Afghanistan? Not a word. She doesn't even speak up for the women on the border, some of whom are being raped, including little girls. Not a word. No, 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 no. This is the worst since the Civil War with these Republican legislatures. These dumb bastards in the Democrat Party are killing this country. That's exactly what the hell they're doing. Mark, you're so controversial. I am not. I speak the truth of what's going on in this country. Here you have an enemy, communist China, muscling up for war. Muscling up for war. And what does Biden do? What do the Democrats do? They expand the welfare state. They open the borders. They brainwash our children to hate our country. They undermine law enforcement. Then they blame it on the Republicans. What kind of farce is this? It is a farce. It's an absolute farce. Our Navy's going to hell. And I might add the other branches of the military too. Not because of the brave men and women who serve, thank God for them, but for the morons who head these branches, particularly the civilians. It's terrible. And that's exactly what's going on. Now, this report won't be discussed to any extent. It won't even be acknowledged. Oh, let's just, you know. Where's Chuck Todd when you need? Oh, wow. Chuck Todd. Who's Chuck Todd? Where's George Stephanopoulos? Nowhere. Where are any of these people? Nowhere. So it doesn't matter. They don't care. Major League Baseball commits up to $150 million to improve black diversity throughout baseball. Well, what the hell does that mean, Mr. Producer? You're going to improve black diversity in baseball with $150 million? I'm looking at this Major League Baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred. First of all, has he ever seen a dentist? He's got air conditioning between his teeth that you can't believe. But putting that aside, Major League Baseball has pledged UPI, I didn't even know they were still in business, up to $150 million to the Players' Alliance. The Players' Alliance? Oh, the poor Blaze baseball. Oh, they're underpaid. They're so discriminated against. All the fans that slobber over them and buy their jerseys and their hats and want their signature and their signature on the base. Oh, the poor baseball players. Do they have any idea what goes on in our, our poor areas of this country? Appalachia, inner cities and so forth. Are you not sick as hell of these people? We're aiming to build more equitable systems in baseball and increase black representation throughout the sport. Am I missing something, Mr. Producer? Aren't there a lot of minorities in baseball? Aren't there a lot of minorities in basketball? Aren't there a lot of minorities? Am I missing something? I guess I am. Football? Maybe not hockey. But definitely the other sports. 150 million. You know what this is? This is crap. You know what this is? We'll spend $150 million for the PR. We'll spend $150 million so the American Marxists and the rest of those surrogates and those movements, you know, stop attacking Major League Baseball. Meanwhile, this is the jerk that moved the Major League Baseball All-Star game from Atlanta, Georgia, 
to Denver, Colorado. And of course, Atlanta, Georgia is far more minority people of color than Denver will ever be. This guy's freaky looking, by the way. I'm not kidding. Starting 2023, the league said it will provide an annual $10 million over a 10-year period, plus an additional $5 million in matching contributions from External Players Alliance fundraising effort. Gosh, what a shakedown operation. The Players Alliance, is this a joke? Oh, the poor baseball players in the poor league. Oh, I'm so sorry that the millionaires are fighting with the billionaires. And they're not represented properly and on and on. What kind of crap is this? Sports is a joke. May I say this? Where have all the manly men gone in sports, really? Even LeBron James, constantly whining like a sissy. May I say that? You're damn right I'll say it. Oh, they're out to get me. Oh, it's so tough. Oh, it's billion-dollar LeBron. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Senator Rubio, how are you, sir? Hey, how are you, man? I saw you this morning on, your, on Fox and Friends. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. Let me ask you a question. Do we even know what's going on in Cuba tonight? They've shut that country down, haven't they? Yeah, they've restricted access to all of the social media sites, so it's it's hard to get. Um, yeah, like if you're close to the U.S. embassy or a foreign embassy, you might be able to get the free Wi-Fi for a second and send stuff out. There's some intermittent opportunities, but it's become real hard to get anything out of there. So we don't have. It's really slowed down. I mean, there's just no clear sense of what even cell phone service. But we are getting a little information from the activists that the uh, secret police there are brutalizing uh, activists. That some activists are missing and so forth. They've really swung in the gear now, haven't they? They're, they're specialists at all this. I mean, this, this is what they do better than anybody in the world. You know, they go after people, and they put you in jail, and they beat you up, and they torture you and threaten your family, and, you know, they make life miserable. This is what they're experts at. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's my problem. And look at our response from the President of the United States. First of all, it takes them 24 hours to put together two sentences. I mean... Not even viscerally do they believe what's going on is horrific. Then I look at a headline. Here's Breitbart. The U.S. Department of Treasury on Monday lifted sanctions on the export of gas to socialist Venezuela, which, of course, and and then I look at another headline uh, at, uh, let's see here, at the Free Beacon. Biden administration waives sanctions on Iranian oil trade as the DOJ announces charges on a spina. What, What is it with these repressive Marxist fascistic regimes in this administration? Well, you know, part of the problem is just this ideology, right, that if you give concessions to evil, uh, dangerous people, that they're going to treat you better, that they're going to change their behavior. And these adversaries understand it. They use that as their leverage point. In the case of Cuba, I can tell you exactly how it's going to go down. They're going to come to the Biden administration and say, well, you know, if you guys don't lift sanctions on us and if you don't allow for more of this and that, there's going to be a mass migration. We're going to have another Mario boat list. And they, they did it in 94. They'll do it again. And I think that's, I hope, I don't know what's going to happen, but I would hope they go back and say, if any, if you encourage a mass migration to the United States, we will treat that as a hostile action for an act of war. I didn't hear you. A hostile action and an act of war. Is that what you said? 
literally, you can, look, triggering mass migration, government incentivizing people to undertake mass migration, which is what the Cuban government has now done twice in its history, every time it's faced these kinds of protests, is, a, is basically an act of war. I mean, you're trying to overwhelm the systems of another country. And, and, uh, and we should, that, that should be made abundantly clear. You know, Reagan had to make that abundantly clear. We're losing the senator. Can we try and, uh, and get him back? Okay, because this is important. Uh, because he really has an expertise in this area, and I want to, we're going we're gonna to get Marco Rubio back. But I was reading a headline here, Biden administration. Uh, this is Breitbart. Uh, and by the way, I want to thank Joel Pollack at Breitbart. He just wrote a fantastic review of my book, and I can't thank him enough. I'm not on the other social media, but we did link to it on Parler and Levin TV, and others out there who've done the same thing. Uh, cannot thank you enough. Biden administration waived sanctions on Iranian oil trade as the Department of Justice announces charges on spy network because the Iranian intel agent sought to kidnap an American journalist. Isn't this shocking to anybody? They're also lifting the boycott of uh, energy to Venezuela. Senator uh, Rubio, you're hey, back, sir? Sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah, I am, and I'm sorry. We, I don't know what's happening here with the cell phone. Maybe the Cubans are blocking my... Yeah, the Cubans are the Chinese. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I want to I, I ask you about this, because Bernie Sanders and, this, and, and these uh, hardcore types and the Democrat Party and so forth, even though you haven't been in a center long, you've been there long enough to see the Democrat Party really has transitioned, hasn't it? Even since the time you've been in the Senate. You know, we used to have, before you were there, the Scoop Jacksons, the Liebermans. We don't really have that anymore, do we? No, 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 absolutely. Not. I mean, look, look. I want to be fair. Like Bob Menendez on Cuba is great. He's very strong. We got some House members too from Florida. But generally speaking, you have to understand all the money, all the energy, all the passion in the Democratic Party, all the activism comes from the far radical left, the mark, you know, basically Marxism, socialism. That's where the energy in the party is. Some are openly claiming to be socialists and Marxists. Others sort of hide that affiliation or, or have relabeled it into something else. But that's where the energy is, and then they fear it because that's the that's the base that 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 you know that comes after you. That's the look. I I have a few Florida state legislators, state legislators, Democrats, who have told me that they've supported you know put out tweets and supported the Cuban people, and they are getting pushback and pressure from the radical left in their own party. So there, there's no doubt that that the Democratic Party today is the home. I don't know what percentage of the party's voters that is, but I can tell you it's a significant, overwhelming percentage of its activist and donor base. It's really quite shocking. Even when you look at the Middle East, it's the same thing, how the Democrat Party, big chunks of it are turning on the, on the state of Israel. They're, they are, uh, they're embracing uh, the most radical elements in the Middle East. You see that too, correct? Yeah, I think what you've seen basically is there's this element out there that has an outsized influence on American politics through the Democratic Party that basically has decided if you're an ally of the United States, we're against you. If you're an enemy of the United States, we think... We're, we want we want our country to behave nicely towards you or better towards you, uh, and, and the only exception in recent memory being Russia because they they, they you know they, they kind of linked they tried to link that to Trump and so forth. But other than that, that's been their policy time and time again. So Israel's a friend of America. We're with Israel. You know Israel's evil. You know Cuba's anti-American. We should stop being so mean to the regime. Um, and, and that just plays out in place after place. You're uh, running for re-election. You're running against, uh, what is her name again? I'm not trying to be rude. I can't remember her name. Well, uh, the, Val Demings is the one Schumer wants. There's a lot of, uh, there's a couple other people running a Democratic Party. But it, it, whoever it is, 
it's going to be someone who has to respond to the far left of that party. That's where Amen. they're going to raise the money. Now, that's right. And we can't afford any more of this. I can tell you that. Anybody listening to me, I don't want to damage you, but I certainly would endorse Marco Rubio for the United States Senate. And, and the well, fact is, well, God bless, man. We cannot afford to lose anybody right now. The, 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 uh, the focus has to be on what they're trying to do to this country, whether it's the courts, whether it's the voting system, whether it's the border. Everywhere you look, this, this party is a wrecking ball. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, look, this is, okay, Marxism, and I think you explain this in your book and you talk about it. Marxism always begins with a fundamental argument that society is the battle between the oppressor class and a victim class. Now, the, demo, the, the, the old-style Marxists did that through class warfare. The new-style Marxism does it through identity politics. And then they ask you for power and your freedom to go after the oppressors and make everything right. You never, they never fix anything. Everything is a disaster, and you never get freedom back. And that's what this is. At the end of the day, this is just a repackaged version of Marxism. It sure as hell is. And uh, I want to thank you for that. Everybody needs to understand exactly what we're facing. There's no time to color coat this anymore or candy coat this anymore. Senator Rubio, thank you very much. Keep up the fight, sir. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. And God bless you. And I'll be right back. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. So tomorrow we'll spend some time addressing how do we deal with these universities and colleges. We'll go through these point by point. But I can't wait to get to the rest of the book, to be honest with you. And we'll do that over the course of the next several shows and weeks. And we'll break it down. Not during the entire course of the program, during parts of the program. And again, I want to thank those of you who have acquired copies of American Marxism in one form or another. Those of you who have called here and have said you've bought numerous copies to give out, you really are remarkable. Everybody can't do that, and I absolutely get it. We have truck drivers and others out there. They might like the audio and so forth. Um, Just take your time, go through it page by page, point by point, and and I'm... I really believe it'll meet your expectations. I sure as hell hope so, because uh, the goal here is to, uh, is to claw our way back. And we do that through knowledge, and we do that through ideas, and we do that through activism. There's no other way. There's no other way. They are not the majority. We're the majority. All right, here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Let's go to uh, Dennis, Farmington, New Mexico, the great K-E-N-N. Is that correct, K-E-N-N? Yes, sir, Mark, that is correct. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing great now that I'm talking to you. This is, this is awesome. I didn't think I'd ever get through to you. Well, thank you. I just you. want to thank you for everything that you do. You know, you've been a, a light in my life as I've gone through a extreme dark period, but... uh I tell you what, Mark, you've got quite a fan base up here, and I just, I just want to tell you how um, proud I am of you for do- doing what you do, and having the, uh, the uh, heart to care, you know, about things that are really going on in the world that most people aren't even aware of because we're kind of stuck in our own little bubble, you know. But yeah, I just, I, I can't uh, tell you how. I, I, I want to tell you this. You say you were in a dark place. First of all, I'm glad you fought through that, whatever it is. 
And secondly, I want to thank you for being a patriot. And finally, Dennis, I want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism, so don't hang up. And again, I want to thank you very, very much for your call. God bless you, my friend. Let's go to our friend Liddell Richardson, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. Liddell, how are you, my man? ML, how you doing, big time? You doing all right, brother? Okay, thank you. Yes, sir, man. Looking forward to the book, man. Uh, I'm going to read it from front to back, and I'm teaching it to my, to my kids as well, so they, they're prepared as well. And so I know down here in Texas we're fighting the CRT thing tooth and nail, so you got an army behind you in Texas, that's for sure. Amen. And uh, look at the fools, the Democrats in the state legislature. They think they're courageous. They think they're fighting the fight of the Civil War. These are buffoons, self-serving, narcissistic, uh, power-hungry Democrats. Uh, that's all they are, and we see through all of the minutia, Mark. And just to let you know, uh, first here, uh, I'm throwing my hat into the, my, my hat into the ring here. And I'm running for a state office. So as soon as what are you running for? Available. Well, I'm looking at either either state senate or uh, a state house position. And uh, it's about time for me to get in the ring, man, and flex a little muscle here. Now, do the Republicans have these seats, or Democrats, or what's going on? Oh, there's a redistricting going on in Texas, and uh-huh. so I think they're adding two or three state Senate seats and a couple of seats also in the House. And I've been talking to some local Republican leaders here, and uh, as far as my local church and my wife, which is my, my first advocate, oh, yeah. said it's about time for you to begin to, to uh, uh, talk a little bit. you got a lot to say, and you got a lot of muscle to flex. And so, Mark, we're going to go ahead and flex this muscle and keep the CRT thing to the curb. Well, we love you there. We love you here. You've called. You're articulate. You're solid. You're a patriot. And I think that can work, Liddell. Let us know. Keep us surprised, okay? I will, man. We're behind you. Thanks so much for the wisdom and the time, sir. And God bless you, man. Take care of yourself. We love Liddell. Good man. Let's keep going. Jim, El Paso, Texas. The great KTSM. Jim in El Paso. Go right ahead, please. Uh, Good evening, Mr. Levin. Thank you for taking my call. It's Thank my pleasure. And by the way, America. let me tell everybody, you can call me Mark. It's all right. I appreciate it. But go right ahead. I do it out of respect because you are kind of one of a kind. But anyway, because yeah. um, we're about the same age. <laughs> really? Uh, but You're anyway, getting old, um, too. Mark, I, I have a theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long in the tooth. <laughs> um, I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory from day one as to why all of a sudden overnight, Hunter Biden became a famous artist. Yes. <laughs> I think it all has to do with Joe, with Joe Biden. And yeah. it is simply a means to filter money from the Chinese and maybe even the Russians up in Moscow uh, down through Hunter and, and to make it legitimate, legit, you know, to make it look legitimate. And then from once Hunter has it legitimate, quote, legitimately, he passes it on to, you know, his dad. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no law against that, you know, you know. So, so I'm helping out my dad with my art. But you know what, even if it's not the Chinese and the Russians, it can be somebody else in this country. And as long as the Bidens keep a cap on everything, as long as they have the Praetorium Guard media covering up for them, uh, as long as this system is so corrupt in terms of the Democrats and the left, you have every right to speculate, as far as I'm concerned. They have the ability to give us the facts. They have the ability to tell us who's ridiculously buying half a million dollars, spending half a million dollars for one his color by the numbers. I mean, uh, so... People should feel free to speculate if they're not going to tell the truth and tell us what's going on. All right, Jimbo. Oh, wait a minute. 
And Jim. I forgot Liddell. Call back Liddell. Oh, we got him. Jim, don't hang up. We want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. Good. You guys are catching them when I, when I fail to do it. All right. Thank you. Let's take another caller. We're moving around the country. Gene, Independence, Kentucky on the Mark Levin app. Gene, how are you, sir? I'm very good, uh, Mr. Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. <laughs> I am very well, uh, Mark. Yes. How can I help you? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard you talking about uh, uh, the not teaching civics in school anymore. I, I went to a private school, actually, a Baptist school, and they taught civics. And also I had another, which I learned a lot about, uh, about you know, how the government is run. And then also I learned about Marxism uh, firsthand from uh, my my the Spanish teacher she was, uh, and German teacher. She, her and her mother escaped from um, uh, East Germany after the Russians took over because they, right. she was, she remembers uh, being in school during the war and that, what what they had to go through, what her family went through after the Russians took over. Mm-hmm. It just how many people were killed. Her, right. her father, her grandfather was a watchmaker and they bought uh, a watch. All right. A clock. He wanted him to convert it to watches. And he said he can't do it, so they went out and killed him. Okay. Terrible. And there yep. are horrible things that she saw. Mm-hmm. And what did you learn from all that? I learned uh, how bad uh, Marxism is. Mm. And, uh, and that's why I will not never vote Democrat. This war, this war on our history, this war on our founding, this war on our principles can take this country to a very ugly place. Isn't that your point? Yes. I, I, I asked her son uh, what she thinks about it, but he never got back to me about that yet. All right. Thank you for your call, Gene. Make sure Gene gets a copy of the book, too, everybody. I'll be right back. I see the Taliban Democrats are still busy pulling down monuments in Charlottesville, Virginia. Robert E. Lee, like he didn't exist, obviously existed. But Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark? Sure, they had a debate in the shadows, behind the scenes. I think it lasted 10 minutes. Something offended the, uh, the Taliban Democrats. So they said, pull it down. Pull down American history, burn the books, pull down the monuments, attack the founders, trash the Constitution, except when you can wave it and pretend you support it. The Taliban Democrats trying to figure out what to burn down, what to tear down, what to eviscerate. You know what? They contribute nothing to this country. Not a damn thing. They contribute nothing to liberty. They contribute nothing to safety and security. They don't contribute a damn thing as they steal our money and redistribute it and play politics endlessly. That's what they're good at. They're not good at anything else. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's see who we have here. We've taken a number of calls today, and Mr. Call Screener, Mr. Producer, will remember to send them signed books, please. 
Are we going to have everybody who's running uh, for office? I guess we will. Glenn, Seaside, Oregon, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Glenn? Yellow, yellow, Great, yellow. Sir. It was, uh, it's really a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, I'm over here in Oregon on the coast, and I've recently made the decision to run for uh, the state house in the 32nd district. Uh, Great. Mostly because we have such a, a Republican rhino uh, in the area. But I joined a group called Napa Parents. We're pushing against CRT. And I'm doing research into, like, the teachers' union here locally. And if you look at their agenda for their summer seminars, it is a Marxist boot camp. Uh-huh. I mean, it starts with fighting white nationalism in the schools, you know, telling children how to, uh, or how to uh, deprogram children from indoctrination. It's LGBTQ uh-huh. or transgenderism part one and two. And the unbelievable part is what's really scary is that they passed House Bill 744, which eliminates uh, the requirements to be able to read, write, or do math to graduate from high school. It's it's shocking. It's sickening what's happening. And a lot of people viscerally know all this, but but again, in the book, I walk through how this came to pass. And in order to know how it came to pass, we need to work our way back the other way. And so uh, I wish you all the luck in the world. So you live on the coast of Oregon. Will you be taking a boat like to Cuba? In other words, to try and escape the oppression of, of, uh, of Oregon? Well, well, I'm as far west as I can get. I'm 200 yards from water, from yes. the Pacific Ocean. We're backed up against the wall here, but we're going to fight and push back all the way through Portland and into Idaho. Good for you. Good for you. Well, don't hang up. We'll send you a signed copy of American Marxism, and I wish you all the best. Citizen activists, amen to that. Derek, Charlotte, North Carolina, XM Satellite. Derek and Charlotte, how are you, Derek? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you, Mark? Very well, thank you. Uh, I, I just wanted to call and say I've uh, been listening to your show, watching you uh, on Fox, and wanted to thank you for the hard work you're doing um, and, and waking people up and, and opening their eyes to what has been going on. I've, I've thought about the last 30-plus years. I'm, I'm a 37-year-old uh, man, and, and, and looking back and seeing how things have degraded so much in that short period of time, um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm glad to see you know, people like you out there who, who have a voice and who, who use it very well to get the message out so that people will will, will wake up and, and start doing something to, to take this country back. Well, I want to thank you and uh, all the folks who are in this audience. Uh, we are blessed with millions and millions of patriots, and uh, we have to work our way through this and get out of this situation and claw our way back. And that's, that's my commitment to you. Uh, I can't talk to each and every one of you. I can't meet each and every one of you. That's the purpose of writing a book like this, for me to convey my beliefs, my understandings, my, and the scholarship and my thoughts to you, to as many people as I possibly can. And I want to thank you, my friend. Don't hang up. Uh, we will also send you a copy of American Marxism. Just a reminder, it's out today. You can get it anywhere. They printed 800,000 copies, and several printings. So there's no excuse for any bookstore, whether it's a large chain store, an independent store. There's no excuse for any of these warehouse stores. They all have them. They all have them, and they're all discounting them. So I want to encourage you to get them. 
uh, to share them, most of all to read them. And, uh, and there's many of you, there are things you can do, you may not think you can do it. You know, you might say, hey, look, I work all day, I'm tired, I'm in construction and everything. That's okay, but read it. See what you think. If you're not into reading, listen to it. We've, we've done an audio for you uh, as well. So uh, we're trying to make it as ubiquitous as possible, uh, thanks to you and your pre-order purchases. Uh, we're going to make it available everywhere in the country. Uh, as I told you, I would do this blitz to the extent I can on Fox, on radio, on other platforms, morning, noon, and night. That's exactly what I'm doing to get the word out there. And, uh, and as long as I'm blessed to be behind this microphone, we'll do the same thing. And whatever you do, don't miss Levin TV either. Those of you who subscribe, we're spending time on it there as well. And we very much appreciate it. All right, where am I going? Uh, who's left, Mr. Producer? Oh, we only have 40 seconds left, so that's not going to work. All right, folks, if you got anything out of tonight's program, first of all, thank you. Secondly, we're still going to jump into some of these major events that are going on in this country and around the world. And also, we're going to work our way through the book, which I think you'll find very intriguing and very helpful. And uh, I appreciate you standing. We are side by side. That's who we are. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. You're not going to go to a retail store. You can go to Amazon or somewhere else. And I will see you, God bless you, tomorrow. Tomorrow.